apologise to the people who have come from the, for the baby dedication that uh, I'm not going to be speaking on, on that, but I promise I will be brief. Um, I certainly won't be taking any more than the next hour or so, um, <laughs> so that you've got plenty of time for afternoon tea. Uh, morning tea, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but this morning I do want to talk uh, about the, the topic that, vision, that uh, Vicky mentioned earlier, this thing called Vision Builders. But before I do that, can I ask the deacons to hand out, we have some Vision Builders brochures, which uh, I want you to grab, take them home with you, read them. Um, it describes how you can get involved in, in Vision Builders for this next coming year. Uh, there are, there's also a leaflet with some frequently asked questions so that you can take that. You'll only need one of these per family, so... Uh, uh, share them around. You guys can sit down if you like. You don't have to read them now. It's okay. I know how terrible people are at multitasking. So, so really it's a question of look at me, look at me. Um, <laughs> and you can read those later because I'm going to be going through some of the stuff that's in there um, just quickly this morning. So just to fill people in, on June the 2nd, which is in two weeks, we're going to sell... On June the 2nd of July. Excellent. I must have been tired when I wrote these notes. Um, we're going to be celebrating our Vision Builders Sunday. Now to help people understand what that's about and to give you some idea of how to be involved, we're going to be talking about that over the next couple of weeks as well. So Don and Adrian, when they come next week, are actually going to be talking about vision builders as well because they're just doing that in their church. And Don is uh, a very financially savvy guy uh, and they've had some amazing things happen in their church. So his story is going to be amazing. Um, so it's interesting that sometimes the things that we do have a, a practical rather than a divinely inspired nature. And this is one of those things that we're changing because it's practical. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and the, the guest on the podcast posed this question to the hosts. He said, why is the Bible that we read today ordered the way it is? And they said, well, that's because that's how it's meant to be. And he said, no, it's not. He said, if you looked at the Old Testament, you notice there's a, there's a, there's a group of prophets called the Minor Prophets. People like Joel and Obadiah and, and Zechariah and Micah and those. Uh, they're actually, just to fill you in, they're, they're called minor prophets because they're short, not because what they wrote was unimportant. <laughs> but you'll notice that the minor prophets are at the end of the Old Testament. There's a group of 12 of them all together at the end. But if you look at them chronologically, that's not where they fall. And he said, have you ever thought the Gospels, what order the Gospels come in? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, who decided that they came in that order? Was it the council of Nicaea who prayed about it and decided it was, that was the best order? No, it was some guy who invented a thing called a printing press. And when they actually started printing Bibles, because before the printing press, it was very rare to own a whole Bible because they were massive. Often families would have the book of John. And the people down the road would have the book of Mark. Somebody would have the Acts of the Apostles. And they got them together and they read them in whatever order they happened to have them. 
Because when, what happens when you get a printing press is that you print something and somebody comes along and says, oh, I don't like the way you've printed that, I want a different order. And you know what printers are like, they sit there and say, look, this is the way I've set it up, do you want it or don't you? And that's how it happened. They thought, well, it's really easy to cram these 12 minor prophets in at the end, so that's where they're going. It wasn't divine, it was practical. And so there are all sorts of things that happen in our life, changes or, or things that we don't like to change because we think they're, they're divinely inspired or whatever. Some of this is just some Wally invented a printing press and decided, well, this is the way I'm doing it. And the rest of you can just like it or lump it. And so the only reason I mention that is that today we're about to make some changes. And they're not necessarily divinely inspired. They come out of a practical bent because up until this year, the thing that we're calling now vision builders was called Rise and Build. And that came about because we had a particular purpose in mind. And that purpose has now changed. And I, I want to illustrate this by reading you a scripture. So I'm going to preach a bit here. So this, this is not just an instructional video that I'm recording. Hello to the camera. Um, Genesis 28 verse 10 talks about a guy called Jacob, and he's travelling, he's actually trying to find a wife. And it says, Jacob left Beersheba and travelled towards Haran, and at sundown he arrived at a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. He found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. So when he says camp, I mean, when I think camp, I think airbed. Jacob obviously thought, there's a good rock, let's go to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. I thought this was actually a good scripture because it sort of leads into baby dedications. It's got grandfathers and fathers mentioned here. It says, the ground you're lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Now, if you read that, I think it is a great picture of what the church is meant to be here on earth. It's the house of God. It's the gateway to heaven. It's a place where we put down our, our roots. We stake a place on this earth and we go out from there, east, west, north and south. We're a multi-generational organisation. Our aim is to bless our community. The people of this earth should be blessed by the church. And we trust in God and his promises. So I think that is a great picture of the vision, or what should be the vision, of the church in general. So how does that translate into what C3 Church Norwood is planning to do? When it comes down, I mean, that, that all sounds fabulous, that we go north, south, east and west and that we bless our community. But how, how do we actually do that? Now, Vicky's 
talked about a couple of those ways, about how locally we are connected with the, the women's shelter and how globally we work to build houses in, in Fiji. So there's obviously a practical aspect to this. And so we looked at what we've been doing. We looked at our, our Rise and Build program. And that program was designed to enable us to get a building. Because that's our next step in growth. And guess what? We've got a building. It was successful. And now we've looked at, okay, where do we go from here? Because that, that building is exciting. It has opened up potential that we didn't have before. But what it's also done is opened our eyes to the fact that just a building isn't enough for the next step. We can get a bigger building, sure, but we've actually come to realise that there are bigger things that we can have as part of our vision. There are other things that we need to look at to enable us to have a greater impact in our community, to be more effective in what we do, to be able to connect with a larger number of people. And so rather than just thinking of buildings, we've expanded what we're looking at. We've expanded our vision, and so we're calling it Vision Builders. And just quickly, there are, there are five things that we're actually looking at here in terms of what we hope to achieve with this vision. The first one is what we've always done. It's a building deposit. Uh, we, we've actually gone through a, a, a time when we've, we've got this building across the road. We've organised the lease and everything else. But in doing that, we have kept aside an amount which is going to be um, solely put aside for the next building. And so our aim is to keep feeding into that to make sure that we're not just concentrating on our present, but we're actually doing something which is aiming at our future as well. So we are still saving money for our next building because to my horror, I mean, we've been over the road six months and people are coming to me with ideas that that building is not big enough for. <laughs> I am sorely disappointed. But I mean, in fact, I'm really excited in the fact that people have seen that it's, the, it's not the building that does anything, it's the potential. And so people have seen huge potential in what we can, on what we can do. So the idea that that building isn't big enough is already exciting to me. So we're planning for the next step. The second thing is expansion, because we've got that ministry centre, but it's not doing everything we're planning to have it do yet. We want to make sure that we can continue to pay for that. So some of what we're doing is to make sure that we, we secure what we're doing there and actually build on what's happening across the road. Uh, part of our vision is to move the costs for that building, in, in, uh, in our lease costs, into our general expenditure so that we can then free up our, our vision builders for other things. But we've got to do that over the next couple of years. So we're still looking at expanding our influence and our... Um, what we're planning to do across the road, so that's that ex expansion. The third thing we're looking at is a second location. Because it's not just a question of we're all, all trying to do everything in one location spreading out. Our plan, our goal, is to expand our influence by launching a second location in Adelaide in the next three to five years. So um, can I have everybody's eyes closed? If you raise your hand so that I, I see that hand. And I'm, all, I'm looking for volunteers for that. So people need to go away and start praying about things like that because that's something exciting that is happening. And I, I have names like Croydon, Bowden, Thebiton, 
Um, all sorts of interesting names. Uh, this is just planning that's not divinely inspired. Don't hold me to any of those. So we're going to be setting money aside for the planting of a new congregation. That's part three of our vision. And then, of course, you might have noticed the slide up this morning which had the word beyond on it. Again, that's what we would have, not, have previously called missions. But it's, it's, a question, it's part of our vision builders that goes beyond these walls. It's beyond our influence. It's beyond, it's beyond into Fiji, for instance. Uh, we we want to incorporate what we do in Fiji as part of our church vision. It's not just a little extra that some of us do on the side. We've actually been going there for five years. The people who go are part of that Fijian community. We don't go just to help a bunch of strangers do something that makes us feel good. We go over there to be with our friends, to help them build a church to influence their communities, to help the, the, the poor and the needy in their communities have to see the goodness of God and to get some very real help. So it's, it's, not just a, it's not just a little side project. This is our vision, to actually expand our influence into areas where some, most people can't get, get there. And I feel sorry for you. I really do, because it is a marvellous experience. If there's anything you can do to get to Fiji next year, I, I would say do it. I mean, uh, even Barry would say it, it's, it's worth getting dengue fever and all of those nasty things that we came down with. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, and we've, all, we've almost all, all recovered. Um, no, actually, there's no such thing in Fiji as barley belly. Um, it's not even Fiji belly, but uh, it's pretty safe over there. Um, but I digress. Um, but that's part, part of our vision, and, and we want to get more and more involved in that. And, of course, the last thing is the uh, Eastern Adelaide Domestic Violence Service. Um, you've heard through the, the letter that, that we received then about what a difference... Even the simplest things like pamper packs, you sort of think, well, they're just little packs, but the impact, the psychological and emotional impact they have on people going through incredibly horrible things in their lives can't be measured in money. Um, we've, Vicky and I have both seen the, the unit that they built, the, um, the violence education unit and the counselling offices, um, and they have done an incredible job there, and we want to continue to be part of that, supporting women and children in crisis, uh, practically and financially supporting uh, that women's shelter. And that, again, is not a side project. That is part of our, our vision. So the brochure you have in your hands explains how you can become involved in making that vision a reality. Uh, take it home, read it, discuss it with uh, your family, pray about your involvement. Now, m my... My desire and my, my prayer is that everybody gets involved because I believe God doesn't honour riches. It's not, it's not a, a thing to look at and say, well, I can't afford this. this. This is something we need rich people in the church to put money in so that we can do the things that we want. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, brother. But God actually, and, and we, I mean, we, we honour finances, but I, I believe God honours more the heart of a people all focused in one direction. I don't care if you can only give a dollar a week. It is more important that everybody say, I am with you. I am behind you. I am believing for the vision that you have projected. No matter what my commitment is, what I can give, I want to make sure that I am part of it. 
I mean, there was a woman in the Bible who got healed just by grabbing Jesus' coattail. And if, if all you can do, if you're a, a poor student, you don't have any income, if all you can do is grab onto the coattails, you know, put in $10 on the first week or whatever it is, I encourage you to do it because I believe there is, there is power in actually having the same goal, the same purpose, and actually being involved in that. Now, let me add to that. If you can give a lot more than $10 a week, please get involved as much as you can because we can see... Amazing things happen. Our vision coming to pass. We can see people helped. We can see lives changed. We can see a real change in our community if we get behind our vision. Our pursuit of a common goal ensures that people today and in future generations are going to walk into our church. Or by then it will be churches. And they will be able to walk in, look around, and like Jacob, be amazed and say, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Can I ask you all to stand? I believe it's important even when we're doing practical things to involve God. As a, as a baby boomer, and are there any of us out there still? We're, we're practical people. If somebody gives us a problem, our tendency is not to give advice, but to elbow them aside and say, here, let me have a go. And... And so, leaving things to God isn't in my nature. Allowing God to do something in his strength rather than me using mine is really hard to do. And I know, that, I know who you are out there. But sometimes we actually have to put aside our own strength and say, look, I'm not doing this because of me. I'm doing this because I'm willing to submit Almighty God. And so when it comes to being involved in vision builders, when it comes to reading what's on that brochure when you go home and you think about it, I encourage you once you've thought about it, once you've planned about it, once you've looked at your finances, once you've done all of those, you know, the list, the pros and the cons, I leave the cons one blank, there aren't any. I want you to pray. And say, what, whatever my thoughts are, I'm going to lay them down and let my God speak into my heart. So let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice is someone that you know, that you love, that you have plans and purposes for, that are beyond our wildest dreams and expectations. And I thank you that in this coming week, Lord, you will speak into their hearts. You will give them information, inspiration, and encouragement about their involvement in building your kingdom. So, Lord, I ask you to bring blessing into their lives, bring clarity, 
I ask you to speak to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now in a moment, I'm going to hand over the meeting to Pastor Vicky. And uh, we're going into the next phase of what we're doing with the baby dedications. But before I do that, there's one more thing I'd like to do before we, before we get happy and cry and excited about children and grandchildren. That as we stood here this morning, as we worshipped, as we heard the word of God, I always want to offer an opportunity to anybody here who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because God's a family man. He's always looking to make new relationships. He doesn't force us into relationships, but he invites us into relationships. And we can enter into a relationship with God by praying a prayer that basically says, Lord, I want to accept you into my heart. I want to be part of your family. I want to be known as a follower of Christ. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning if you're here and you've never done that or you're here and you've perhaps done it in the past but recognize that that relationship is not working. And so what I want to do, I, can everybody just close their eyes and bow their heads? And while nobody's looking around, if you would like to pray a prayer like that, to invite Jesus into your heart, can I ask you right now, as I said, while nobody's looking around, just raise your hand so that I can see it. And I'd love to pray a prayer with you to invite Jesus in your heart. Lift it nice and high so that I can see it. And we can pray that prayer together. Awesome. You can open your eyes. Pastor Vicky, if you'd like to take over. Just um, in finishing off from uh, what Chris said, if, if you're new to this church, those uh, Vision Builders brochures that are given out, they have a couple of slips on there. And in two weeks' time, so not next Sunday, but the following one, the 2nd of July, we're going to have a service here where we come and we make our financial pledges for the next 12 months. So as Chris is asking you to pray and consider what you might give, just hold those those pledges until that Sunday and then we're going to come together and we're going to make our pledges and we're going to pray over those together as a church community for the next 12 months. <laughs> 